All right, everybody. Great to see you all here today. It's quarantine again. It's called snow. We know those of you who are here, you braved the snow to worship the Lord. The rest of you are online. Let's stand up. If, stand up in your house. If you couldn't get uh, clean out, stand up and wake up. The people who are still asleep, and let's worship the Lord. And raise the rooftops that are covered with snow.
Amen. Praise him. You can clap. You can worship. You can sing. Whatever. You want to dance? You got enough room to dance. Go for it. Whatever you want to do. I love this song. We sang this once or twice, and it's an awesome song. Let's worship. the world but it couldn't fill me a man's empty praise and treasures that they are never enough and you came along and put me back together is now satisfied here in your love oh there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you lord there's nothing nothing is better than you afraid to show you my weakness my failures and flaws Lord you've seen them all and you still call me afraid cause the God of the mountains is the God of the valley Your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. There's nothing better than you, oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord, there's nothing. 
if you were not awake, you are now, right? Close Encounter with God, that's our new series. We're going to talk about Close Encounters with God. And many of us remember the original old movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where that means contact. And so what we want to do, uh, we want to talk about contacting and having experiencing God in, um, in a close encounter with Him. All right, so that's where we're going to go with our new series. A couple things is um, our Sunday school, okay, just get, you can continue to register for that. Our space is limited, but you can begin tomorrow to register um, at, for, um, at 10 a.m. for um, both the service next week and also for our, um, our Sunday school, and that's great. Um, Stephen Ministry is still very active. Um, and if you need a Stephen minister, please contact us at stephen-ministry.org, at havencc.org, excuse me. Um, uh, Grease Share. Grease Share has been meeting. They're meeting on Monday evenings at 6.30. They've been doing it here and Zoom. But because that stuff has fallen from the sky, and you, didn't you like how we put everything behind there today, that we, we're, we're in, a, in a theme, um, thanks to the AV team, um, they're going to be doing it all on Zoom tomorrow. So don't, you, you can just sit at home and, um, I don't know, eat cocoa and watch snow, whatever you want to do, all right? Um, so we'll have that and connect with them. Um, so if you have any questions about that, you can um, email, uh, email griefshare at havencc.org. One word, griefshare. A youth group next week, um, beginning next week, youth group will be meeting every week. And there is a registration that you can see that's there as well. And Paris Foundation, volunteers are needed to prepare the 70 dinner bags for the Paris Foundation on 221. 21, that's a lot of twos in there, right? Um, and so, and it's not at the usual place, right? It's at the, um, uh, by um, Hollingsworth Manor, right? At the, um, the child center that is there, the family education center on 200 Road B, Hollingsworth Manor, where they are, they are before they get into their new place, all right? So, um, so we want to um, lift up those announcements. Also, as part of announcement, you can also see um, that... Um, we can, we can look on there if you take a look that um, we have a QR code that if you didn't receive a bulletin, um, I made 20, so there should be two for every person. Uh, but um, there, um, there, no, I, I made uh, several of them. But if you, a lot of people are liking this, right? Anybody been doing this every week? You just take out your phone, you put on your camera, you hold it up, and then it's right there digitally for you. You don't have to worry about passing anything off, and you can take care of that as you, as you are. So we'll, we can leave that one up. There. Um, prayer requests. I don't know that we got any specific prayer requests today. I'm not sure um, if we did. Um, anybody? I, I would like you to continue to keep Debbie Ewing in your prayers. She had, um, I think it was triple um, or quadruple bypass this week. Um, and I talked to her last night. She was, um, she's, they say she's doing very well, but you can imagine after you go through all that, that it is a long haul. So we do have a, a prayer request. Thank you. Um, and so uh, Ron and Joanna have several um, prayers for Judy Music for healing. Joe Fleming, that's right. Joe, um, he fell, right, and hurt his back. And many of you know Joe has had, um, had several problems with his back over the years. And so we want to lift him in prayers. Also, Jenna Arrow, we mentioned last week, she was in a head-on collision. Um, she has some breaks and some other things, but she's on the mend. So we want to, she's very blessed to, still, you know, to be with us as it was a head-on collision with a truck, and so um, I'll let that in prayers. And then um, a niece was diagnosed with cancer, and all those um, who are isolated by COVID-19, um, continue to pray for those who are getting 
um, the vaccines. We pray for that to be more, and this will be an answer. As just as we have these answers that are coming along, and people are feeling good about vaccines, we have these different strains and all this kind of stuff. And um, we really need Jesus to uh, really impact this world. And as I've said for the last several weeks, He can just come and take us today, right? It'd be a nice, pretty day, and we can fly past the snow um, and head up to the clouds. Um, I'm fine with that. Anybody else fine with that? Okay, that's that's good. So, what was that? Oh, okay. So it was postponed till Friday. Okay, so Bill Wiggum with the surgery. So we want to continue to lift. You hear a lot of that too. The people are having surgeries postponed as well. So we want to continue to lift them. And because today we don't have many, I'm going to ask: Is there anybody else that needs to add anybody to the prayer list? Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Spirit, we just come to you right now. Uh, we thank you for your presence in the midst of our lives. I thank you for everyone who. Uh, who went ahead and, and braved the weather here today. For, and for those who are uh, watching online, that you're part of the, uh, the, the greater church, whether you're here or whether you're somewhere else, whether you're watching Facebook Live or, or whether you're just connecting through the app or some other means, or whether you see this three weeks from now. I thank you that God has you here and um, connecting to this, this, uh, this service today, whether it's a song that you just got, something that, that you just needed to hear. There's nothing better than you. Whether, whether you, have had, you have some just dead areas in your life and you need the Lord to turn graves into gardens. Um, you need beauty for the ashes that are in your life. And you're the only one who can. And maybe that's what you need today. Maybe you just need to, you just need to, you're tired of, of being beat down and you just need to go ahead and shout from the rooftops. Maybe that's what you need today. Um, but Lord, we do know that there are several who are dealing with, um, with illness and sickness and pain and other kinds of things. So we want to lift up all those names that we lift up on our prayer list today. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you, you touch them and you minister to them from the specific names. Um, as we mentioned, Debbie Ewing, Judy Music, Joe Fleming, Jen Arrow, uh, the niece that was diagnosed with cancer, all those isolated by COVID-19 for Donnie and Jackie and any others who are, who are dealing with struggles and challenges. God, that's what this series is about. And we're, we're going to talk about it. It's not enough to just, to just hear about you. It's not enough to just know about you. It's not enough to um, just connect and say, here we are. It, what we, what we want to do, God, is we want to encounter you and to experience you in new and powerful ways. And for that, and, and all those in the sound of my voice, God, I give you praise that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you're greater than COVID that you're greater than our governments, that you're greater than our own suffering and our own struggles. And God, there is nothing that is better than you. And all of us together, and when you're in your house, let's shout from the rooftops as all God's people say, amen. Everybody shout out amen. 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 All right. Good, good, good. All right. Wow. Wow. Finally got that stuff from the sky, didn't we? Finally got it, and they they hit it. Hit it pretty good, so that's good. Um, I am beginning today a four-part series, which means how many weeks? Four. There we go. Four-part series. I don't know about you, but I kind of like series. Do you? I mean, I remember back in the early days when I started preaching, it was something different every, every week. You kind of wanted to do something different every week. Or some people would go by what was called the lectionary, and that kind of guided you through the Bible. Um, and so I kind of like just series, whether sometimes they go through books of the Bible um, or other times they kind of just, uh, this time, uh, I think it was, a, I don't remember, it was last year, or I think it was a couple years ago, um, we did a series on the Song of Solomon, you remember that? Um, and that was, that was interesting, it was fun, and we had a, had a good time talking about that. Um, 
And I was just kind of saying to God, what do you want me to do this, this time? We've done some things. I was talking, thinking about some of our last few series. We remember uh, from when we talked about hope for mental health. Remember that? Talking about hope for mental health and that, that really kind of unpacked us into the needs for, for mental health. And then, and the church being active in that. Then we kind of got into the Christmas season and um, then we kind of started the new year off and we talked, excuse me, over the last couple of weeks, um, who are you in five? Like, who am I going to be in five years? And it was kind of practical, right? I gave you some really, like, things to do. And um, at, let, let me just ask, just, I mean, you don't have to make me feel good if you haven't. It's about you and Jesus. I, I don't mind. But how many of you ever took something from that series and said, I've applied it? You know, one of the things I, I kicked back in, which was really hard for me, um, to start journaling again and just talking about my day. And that, that has been really, that's been really good, um, you know, in those moments, because it helps me remember the God of the mountain is still God in the valley, and just to see how God moves in and throughout, um, throughout our lives. So we are doing this four-part series about, and I, I believe one of the most powerful things that we can have is not attending a church service. I believe one of the most powerful things that we can do is not singing praise and worship songs. I believe one of the most powerful things is not even sit in a Bible study. I, be, I believe one of the most powerful things that we can ever do is encounter the living God. And I don't think we spend enough time doing that. What I'm saying is, it's not a sermon that's going to do it. It's not your mom and dad or grandparents' relationship. But it is an encounter with God that changes everything. Um, you know, as, as I was thinking, we, we often, I, the other part of that is it's not just God. We play a role in this encounter with God. We see this throughout the scripture. And one of the things that we can do is to invite God into our lives and into our presence. And throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's people, and God is moving in the people, and every person that he has encountered, it's God and the individuals that are moving to encounter him. And so I went this week, when I'm talking about an encounter with God, this is the, I'm afraid I'm going to take this out or fall, so, um, is the one person that I always go to. It was, I, I was thinking, actually this sermon, it's different, but this sermon was one of my very first sermons 25 years ago. Uh, the title, about the same character. And today's sermon is called God's Wrestling Federation, and we'll talk about a guy named Jacob. Jacob is one of my favorite people. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I named my oldest son Jacob, my Melissa and I did. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. And some of you who went to Sunday school are thinking Father Abraham had many sons. Remember that, that thing? Um, he was a twin. He was the second to his brother Esau, but yet he was trying to get out first. Scripture tells us they fought. Anybody have siblings? Anybody ever fight with your siblings? Anybody have kids and they fought with each other growing up? And that sibling rivalry, well, they didn't wait till they were born. They were fighting inside the womb. And they were fighting so much so that when Esau was coming out, Jacob grabbed hold of his heel and was trying to pull him back down so he could get uh, the, the first birth. He's had that from the womb. It was there. And his life constantly consisted of a struggle. It was constantly marked by a struggle. So I have a question for you. How many of us have life that is marked by a struggle or many struggles in your life? 
How many just feel like you're moving from struggle to struggle time and time again? Many of us, our struggle may be with emotions. It may be with finances or lack thereof. It may be even with our identity. We may be at an age where we, where we go ahead and we say, who am I? I don't even know who I am. Anybody ever said that to yourself? Like You're looking in the mirror and you say, I know what people think I am, but I don't think I'm that person. It may be that you're struggling with your future and the uncertainty that's ahead. Or it may be even worse that you're struggling with your past and you can't get by it. It may be that you're struggling with your family or you're struggling with relationships and you don't know how to deal with it. And you're jostling around constantly in your mind. And you're like, life would be good if I just stopped wrestling in that area. And so the, the theme of my message today is, is pretty much if you, if you just kind of want to hear it and you're like, what it's going to be about is how can God move in your life and settle the wrestling that exists in you. That, that, that constant wrestling match that goes on in our lives. So let's look at this scripture. They're going to be up here. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 32. If you're tech savvy, you can open up in your Bible app or whatever you have. Or you can just look right here. And so let's look at this. That night, Jacob got up and he took his two wives. We'll talk about that another time. Somebody may be like, hmm, two wives, what? Um, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of the Yabak or the Jabbok River. I want you to hold on to that. We're going to come back to that at the, end of this, at the end of the service, okay? Everybody remember, what was the river? Yabak. Okay, there we go. After he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions, okay? He sent over absolutely all his possessions. So Jacob was left how? alone. Jacob was left alone. And sometimes I just want to tell you, God does his best work when you are alone, when you're desperate, and you have none of your stuff and nobody around you to distract you from what God wants to do. And so what happened? I find this very fascinating. All of a sudden he's alone, and then all of a sudden, what does it say? When then a man wrestled with him Till daybreak. Imagine, he's alone, he sent everybody off, because the reason why he sent them over to the side, this tells you what kind of a person Jacob was. Jacob was coming back to meet Esau, his older brother, who he, uh, we'll talk a little bit more, he stole his birthright, well, he kind of traded it for a broth. He went ahead, he also uh, stole the blessing from the father, acting like he was Esau, and he was afraid Esau was going to kill him, so he left. He's coming back now with all kinds of, all kinds of uh, flocks and all kinds of money and all kinds of people. He's coming back now. And so just like every brave man does who has somebody against him, he sends his wife, family, and everything he has ahead and says, if Esau kills them, I can still get away. Jacob is a creep, right? Jacob is a complete narcissistic sucker from day one. That he was conceived. This is who he is. So, all of a sudden he's there, and then a man wrestles with him today, uh, till daybreak. Now, I want to tell you something. In the scripture at this point, when they give man reference, it is often a appearance of God in human form. Um, you might remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody remember them? 
They were tossed into the fiery furnace, and there was three of them in there. It was so hot that the people threw them in. They died and got consumed by it. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were hanging out, having a good time, and they said, look, we threw three in, but there's one other man, and he looks like the Son of Man or looks like God. Many scholars have called these things Christophanies. That some, many scholars believe that this is Jesus who was there, always was. The word was there in the beginning, right? We know that from John's gospel. That Jesus kind of, from heaven, plopped in human form said, here I am. That's one interpretation. Another one is that it could be an angel. I think it's kind of cool to think Jesus said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, here I come. I think it's good. That, I think it's kind of cool that Jesus says, all right, Jacob, let's go. Ding, ding, ding. Let's go. Let's take it on. I just think that's really cool. But either way, don't get caught up in that little details. It is a representative or it is God himself. Everybody good with that? Okay, so he, he just meets him and he starts wrestling with him till daybreak. And then it says this. It says, um, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. What we see here is that Jacob is fighting against God so hard that God had to find a way to cripple him. I could do a whole sermon on that. That some of us are going through something so difficult in our lives. Some of us are dealing with such a struggle in our lives. And we are fighting God tooth and nail on every ounce of it that we can't even begin to see God at work in the midst of it. And we need God to get us still, to paralyze us, to cripple us in order that we can see that he wants to do a major work in our lives. And then the man said, hey, get off of me. It's almost daybreak. Leave me alone. Now, keep in mind, this is God. He could have punted him across the room with his finger. But he said, hey, let go of me. I've had enough of messing with you. I'm done with you right now. I'm going to go bless somebody else. I'm going to do something with somebody else. Just, I've had enough of you, Jacob. We've been doing this all evening. And then Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you do what? Bless me. I hope that is your prayer for this year. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what struggle, no matter what wrestling you're doing with God, that you're going to hold on and say, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And that's what he did. And so I love this. There's so many things that are in, there may be these things in my life, in our country, in our family, in our church. It just doesn't need to continue anymore in 2021, right? Anybody got any of this stuff around you? Anybody just exhausted with everything around you right now? You feel like every day is a struggle wherever you go, if you can go, and do you, anybody with me? And there's just stuff that you're saying, I don't want any more of this. I don't, I don't need to struggle with this. And some of us may be dealing with a struggle that's constantly going on within us day in and day out, and you need God to do a work in your life before he can get to you. We need to get up. 
We need to get up. And so what we need to say is this. Okay, God, even though I'm dealing with a struggle, I'm going to wrestle and hold on. I'm going to wrestle and hold on. So I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to talk about last week that, that Scripture talks about a day from evening to morning. And I'm going to use my evening hours to not amp up and to not keep the lights on all night, but to amp down and to get the rest I need and to go ahead and have time so I can settle down with God in evening to morning. And I'm going to do those things. And God, if I don't see you there, I'm going to get up the next day. I'm going to do the same thing the next day until I see you. I'm not going to let go, God. I'm not going to let go of, of you with all this junk going on in my life until you bless me. And I want that to be everyone's prayer. I want it to be my prayer that we just hold on and wrestle each and every day until, until he blesses us. This just takes an attitude in our lives to get it. Well, the man then says this. So he said, hey, what's your name? He says, Jacob. He answered. And then the man said, nah, uh uh that ain't your name. That's not your name. You see, Jacob means deceiver. It literally means hail grabber because he was trying to get one. It means supplanter. He's all, his whole life consisted of trying to get something over on someone. He was always trying to pull someone down so he could step over top of him or her. He lived a life full of lies and deceit. And some of you in the sound of my voice, that may have been your life. You may have constantly been trying to cover up and constantly trying to lie and constantly trying to deceive and, and you're just trying to get what you can and climb and climb and climb and you're exhausted with it. So basically, the man asked him, what's your name? And he says, this is Jacob. This is what you got. And you know, many of you in your lives and many of us in our lives may have been tapped with a label. It may not be deceiver, but somebody may have given you a label, or worse, you may have given yourself a label. And you've been dealing with it for year after year after year. And so when God says, who are you? You say, hey, here I am. You know who I am. I'm broken. I'm dirty. I'm filthy. I'm unlovable. I'm not intelligent. I'm disgusting. You come up with so many names. I'm a loser. All those labels. And you're living through life. And you say, God, take this loser. This is what you got. Time and time again, you hear that. But what God says is the same, to you is the same thing he says to Jacob. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not deceiver. No, 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 no. You are not, you're not a supplanter. You're not a conniver. You're not, a, you're not somebody who's, who's just got a lie. That's not what I see. What I see is you are Israel because you have wrestled and struggled with God and humans and have overcome. Why are you not that anyway? Because you wrestled the right way. And I love this. Jacob says this. Please tell me your name. And God goes, Nunya. Actually, in this case, it would be Nanyahweh, all right? Um, Nanyah. Um, and basically what he's saying is, nope, I am not telling you. And you know what I think is interesting? I thought this was kind of rude. Don't you think God's kind of rude here? But you know what I thought was really interesting? Whenever we go through something and God wants to bless us, instead of receiving the blessing, we want to know how. We want to know about it. We want, we want everything that we can, we can understand. And he says, nah. I'm not telling you. And then he says, just shut your mouth and just let me bless you. 
And Jacob called the place Peniel because he saw God face to face. And that's what I want to deal with in the series, face to face. And yet his life was spared. He saw God and he was changed. So here's the sermon in a sentence for you. Many of us are wrestling between who we've become and who we're supposed to be. Sound good? We are struggling, and you may be in a point in life you say, I didn't know it was going to look like this. I didn't know it was going to feel like this. But deep down in, if you just hold on and wrestle, God has something for you to be. So the title is God's Wrestling Federation. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get ready to rumble, right? That's what we, we have. Um, as I said, I used this many, many years ago. How many, how many of you have ever watched pro wrestling? Anybody? Um, how many of you believe it's real? Nobody? Okay. For those who believes it's fake? Okay, good. The people who do believe it's real will pray for you afterwards, okay? Um, but uh, as a kid, I love, and even as a young adult, I loved pro wrestling. I mean, I go back to the WWF days of Hulk Hogan. And if I didn't like this shirt, I'd rip it off for you to show you. And I'd say your prayers and eat your vitamins, you know, like uh, Hulk Hogan said. Um, and then it be, I, I stayed with it when it became WWE. And then I like uh, WCW and my Mondays and Thursday nights were filled with, with just two hours of pro wrestling. And I loved it all. I thought it was so much fun. And it was so fake. But even in the midst of the fakeness, there was always, it was always like a lot of hurt and a lot of chaos and a lot of pain and a lot of bleeding and a lot of everything. And I started thinking, this is the life of Jacob. And in the life of Jacob, there are three wrestling matches that he has that I think we also have that we can learn from, that we can stop wrestling in our lives. Are you ready? Here's number one. Wrestling with our past. Wrestling with our past. We are constantly discouraged by, I can't believe that. I can't believe they're gone. I can't believe they left me. I can't believe they're still here. I can't believe they won't leave me. I can't believe that, um, that I, I chose that job instead of this one. I can't believe I did this major. I can't believe I ended up with this person and married that person instead of that person. And we spend so much of our energy, so much of our energy on thinking about how we can't believe that we made those choices. And it's like this. It's like if I started out here in Northeast Maryland and said, I'm going to Philadelphia. And after riding for a while, I look up and I see a sign that says, welcome to Richmond, Virginia. And I pull over to the side of the road, I grab the map, and I go, or remember a map, it was one of those things that folded out. I grab one of those, like, little printouts, MapQuest, let's say I, I use that, and I go through each turn and ever, all along the way from here to Richmond, Virginia, and I'm wondering each turn, and I'm aggravated, did I turn wrong here? Why did I turn wrong here? Did I, did I make the wrong turn here? Should I have made a left here? Back? Should, should I have gone to this? And I go through all those turns on the way. And I'm wasting so much energy because guess what? It doesn't matter how I got there. Guess where I am? In Richmond, Virginia. The best use of my energy is to what? I am in Richmond, Virginia. How the heck do I get back to Philadelphia? Right? And we constantly, constantly spend so much time wondering how we got to where we are and looking back on our lives and all the different turns and, and just uh, veer offs and the little circle that we get stuck on and all that stuff instead of saying, here's where I am now. How do I get 
to where God wants me to be. It is a wrong use of our energy. And here's the simple thing. We can't go back and change the beginning. But we can start where we are and change the ending. I want to say that again, even though it's up here. We can't go back and change the beginning. I'm going to tell you, wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing, you cannot change the beginning that caused you to get here. But I am telling you, through God, today, you can, you can with him, determine how you're going to end this thing. Constantly. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, I never saw this before, but I saw a pastor talk on this, and I just had to share it with you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says this. But if from there, but if from there, you guys aren't excited about that, are you? But, there's a lot of stuff he's talking about. Okay, so I got here, I did this, I did that. But, if from there, you seek the Lord, your God, you will what? Find him. If you seek him with all your heart, your soul, and mind. Constantly here. But if, I don't know how many but ifs we've had. Like, I don't know how I got in this job. I don't know how I got in this marriage. I don't know how I made this mistake. But if you start where you are and you seek the Lord, you can get where he wanted you from the beginning. Don't you think that's cool? I like that. I'm excited. You guys, may, you guys want me to sing, do you want to build a snowman or something like that, right? You know, there's a wedding verse that's in the historic wedding liturgy. And it says this. From this day forward. Many of us need a from this day forward, me included, need a from this day forward in my life. Because I'm spending so much energy about my past. We need from this day forward. Look at what it says in Isaiah 43. Forget. Forget what? The former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a what? New thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? No. You know why we don't see it? Because we're so busy pulling on the side of the road of our lives, looking at the map and how we got there, frustrated about how we got there, that we miss the new thing springing up that God wants to do. I'm, I'm told that, anybody been where Old Faithful is? Have you ever seen it? I've heard it, I, oh, it's like pretty regular. Can you imagine if you go all the way there, and, it's, and you know it's going to come out, and it goes, and you're looking at, well, where is it? I know it's here around here somewhere, and it goes, and you go, I missed it. We miss the new thing that God is doing as it springs up constantly in our lives because we're spending more time remembering the former things and dwelling on our past. Time and time and time and time again. I am doing a new thing in the way. He says, I am making a way in the wilderness, in the streams, in the wasteland. Don't you believe it? See, what we're saying is God is making a way. That means God has a map to get you from Richmond to Philadelphia. Number two, wrestling with our secrets. Jacob wanted the blessing. And the blessing always went to the oldest child. And there was a reason for that, that God, that the, the, the oldest child was taught from an early age that if something happened to the father, 
the oldest son had to take care of the family. And so it wasn't like a power thing, it was a responsible thing that the family would be blessed by them taking on that deal. Jacob wanted it for himself and did not care. He just wanted it because he was always trying to deceive and get. And so one, what we learn about Esau is it says when he was born, he was red and hairy. He was like a red Chewbacca. All right, that's what popped out. I mean, the poor brother was a hairy sucker, right? I mean, it's pretty bad when that's how they, they recognize you. I mean, he came out as a hairy baby, all right? So, Jacob, and, and let me say something. Esau was kind of like a man's man. He liked to hunt and fish and do like stuff. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's me, I'm hairy, all right? Um, and he did that where Jacob was a mama's boy and stayed home and cooked and did the things in the house. And he was like, oh, mom. So mom liked him best. And so one day, Jacob was home cooking some, making some broth. Pretty much what it is. Esau comes in. It's like, I'm so hungry. Give me some money. He says, oh, mm, smells good, doesn't it? I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you if you give me, you give me your, bless, your birthright. Tell me that birthright. And Esau, we don't think Esau was the smartest or the brightest bulb in the pack. And he's like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Ah, my hair's all clotted up here, you know. I'm, I'm all matted up. Give me some of that. Ah, I want some, I want some. Give me that broth. And he's like, all right, I'll give it to you. And I started thinking, how many times do we, for a temporary pleasure, give up God's blessing? Jacob wouldn't stop there. He, I mean, he got the birthright, excuse me, he got the birthright, but Jacob decided, I want that blessing too. And his father had bad eyesight. Now, Esau was daddy's favorite, but Jacob was mommy's favorite. So, because daddy had, had bad eyes and couldn't see, she said, here's what you're going to do. Esau's out in the field, he's going to stay out there for a while. What we're going to do, we're going to take goat hair and put it on your arm. That's how hairy that sucker was. That goat hair made him, th his father think, his father testament said, man, feels like Esau. Kind of sounds like Jacob. That's a hairy dude. And so he went ahead and touched him, and he gave him the blessing. And so he connived and got the blessing. And that blessing that he wanted in a wrong way, not wrestling with God to get it, but conniving and deceiving and doing whatever he could all his life to get it, was a curse to him the rest of his life until we get to the story that we talked about today. It tortured him day in and day out. Many of us are living the same lie. And so many, the truth, we're still wrestling in ourselves. And here's what I want to share to you for this one. God cannot bless who we pretend to be. God cannot fully bless who we pretend to be. In Proverbs 28, 13, this verse says, He who conceals his sins do not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Many of us spend so much time in our lives being mask wearers. Everybody does now, but you know what I mean. We wear masks to cover up our hurt and our pain. Others, so that others think we have it all together. But we won't prosper even if we prosper. Psalm 32, 3. This is when King David had his issues with Bathsheba and actually had her husband killed. And he was dealing with a lot of cover-up and a lot, of, a lot of secrets he was keeping. And he wrote this in the Psalms. 
when I refused to confess my sin. My body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And finally I said, here I am, God. And I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And my guilt was slapped on bigger by you. No, 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 no. My guilt was what? Don't you find it interesting that the condition of his soul was that his strength was zapped when he was trying to cover it up? And when it was waning and it was pouring out of himself, and, he, and many of us have strength that is pouring out of our body and it has nothing to do with the schedules we're keeping, but everything that we're trying to cover up about ourselves. It's the condition of our soul. And I want you to see this last thing. Notice that God doesn't ask questions. Well, why did you do that? Well, why do you think I should forgive you? you? God forgives and removes. You see that right there? And I carried this around and this weight, and I finally said, enough, God. Enough. Here it is. And you forgave me. And all my guilt was gone. Some of us are walking around with a weight around our shoulders and our life that is weighing us down and our strength is zapped. And we are afraid to tell God what he already knows. Just tell him. And he'll forgive and remove. Everybody good? Number three. The third wrestling match. Ding, ding, ding. Here we go. Wrestling with God. So many of us in our lives and our culture is filled with it. Searching for anything to ease the battle that is within us. We never stop grappling. And we grapple and grapple and we try every single thing to make it go away and peace to stop and nothing does it. Only a God encounter can do it. Jacob tried everything. He tried to find the right marriage with two sisters and it's very interesting. He was deceived and ended up marrying the one he didn't want to marry first. Um... He had money. He even figured out that if you took a spotted flock and mated it with other ones, that you got more spotted. And he gypped his father-in-law out of, out of all his father-in-law's flocks. And he got more. He went to giving Esau stuff. He went to taking stuff from Esau. He went to living with Esau. He went to living without Esau. He went to having plenty to the point where he's at this point in the story where he had nothing there but just him. He tried everything he could. He ran from his father's house because of what he did. He had an encounter with God and said, I'm going to get up and keep going. He kept that deceptive life. He had to come back now because he's running from his father-in-law now. Because every time he was around somebody, anybody know people in your life that everybody they're around, there's chaos? Some of us may exist that. And he got to a point where it was just him and God. And what started his journey was the same thing that ended up here. That no matter what, he had everything that he could wanted, but he still had to come back to God. And I want to tell you, you can try everything. And I will promise you, you will eventually have to come back to God. 
you will eventually have to face the Lord your maker. There will still be a time where we have to encounter God face to face. And honestly, if you don't believe me, try it. And I don't need to convince you because life will convince you. The journeys and the twists of life will convince you that you have to come back and deal with God and wrestle with him. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, it says, This is what the Holy Spirit says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't shut him out. Don't harden his heart. As, the Israel, as Israel did when they rebelled, when they were tested in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, God says, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. I think it's really interesting that when we talk about things, they knew God. They saw evidence of God. That's those first two encounters, first kind, second kind. But when it came time for them to walk up to the mountain and encounter God, they said, no, 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 no. Many of us are that same way. We've seen God do miracles. And we understand him. But we say, no, 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 I don't want to encounter. So I was angry with them and said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. And look at this verse. They will never enter my place of rest. God allows us to have conflict. That there's, you know, in our lives, there is always another wrestler ready to tag in and hit us in the back with a chair. There is always another one who wants to sneak over the ropes and kick us when we think we're celebrating victory. There is always a sneak attack. There is always some other wrestling match that is going to beat us down. And if that's the life that you want, I'm going to tell you here's what God says. Go for it. So what do you do then? Got a couple minutes here. I'm going to share this with you. Number one, and I'm going to tell you, I don't like many of these myself. Number one, give up control. Jacob always had his own solutions to all his issues. And that night was the first night they left all his possessions and his family and his stature and his wealth and his prestige, and his ego. Everything was across the river so he could get before God. There's a principle I want to share with you here about God, and simply this. Brokenness comes before breakthrough. Brokenness comes before breakthrough. Now, I want to share with you, that's not popular in our culture. If you go to work tomorrow, or maybe it's too much, and you go Tuesday, and you stroll in, and they say, how are you doing today? I am broken. I am so broken. It is so awesome. I am the brokenest person you've ever seen. I'm just, I might just fall walking in here because I'm broken. They're not going to say, oh, awesome. Tell me about this brokenness. I want to get broken too. We don't like broken things, do we? What do we do with broken things? Throw them away. You see, Jacob sent all his stuff across that water. What was it called? The Yabak or the Jabak, right? Which is very close in Hebrew to Jacob. Okay? And the term actually means to empty yourself. There's no mistake here. Jacob needed to get over himself 
and empty that out. He needed to empty himself out because Jacob had tried for years to come up with every solution. But let me tell you something. When you are broken, if I went ahead right now and broke this, where would the water go? On the ground. Guess what this is made for? To hold water and to let me drink some. If it's broken, it's useless. If it's broken, 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 whatever that is. Um, if it's broken, it's trash. Many of us are broken people. And we feel empty. And it hurts to be empty and broken. We feel useless. We feel trashy. We feel unneeded. We feel unloved. We feel worthless. And often we perpetuate that and keep wrestling by trying to fill ourselves with relationships and other things. We even push against those people who honestly love us for who we are. We push away from the God who loves us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. What does God want? He wants us to say this. God, I'm tired. God, I can't do it anymore. God, I need your Holy Spirit to speak to me. And that is where breakthrough comes through. Look at Psalm 51, 17. It says, the sacrifices, which is the right kind of worship, is what it means, of God or I got your stuff all together and you are a card-carrying member and you have those Sunday school pins that go down to your ankle. Right? Because you're super Christian. No, what does it say? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. I look around the world now and I see a lot of broken spirits. And a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Contrite heart just means a repentance, what we just talked about. Sharing with God. God is not looking. This may be the first time somebody's heard this, and I want you to, I want everybody with your half asleep or whatever you're doing, or as you're like, ooh, look at the snow. It's wonderful. Let's make some snow cream. Whatever. I want you to listen to this right now. God is not looking for perfection. God wants honesty. How do you get that? I'm broken. God, I'm not happy today. God, I don't feel very blessed. I don't feel the fullness of life that you promise. And God, I'm sorry that I did this. And that's what he wants. And he won't despise that. He wants you to say that you need him. There was um, several years ago, and I think I, think I might have told the story uh, uh, several years ago, because um, it happened several years ago. But um, when the kids were younger, we had somebody who was babysitting. And Jacob had a, like a four-wheel drive kind of go-kart. And it was in my shed, one of my sheds. And um, I was leaving. I was coaching football at the time. Melissa had to work. And I, I was going to, um, I was coaching at the time, and we had to go to a coaching clinic over in Haverty Grace High School. And before I left, he said, hey, can I get the, the go-kart out? And I said, no, I don't want you to get it out. Just Leave it there. I don't want you running around just in case something happens. You know, well, someone's going to, and I said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And on this 
shed, it's one that has the two double doors, and then you back it down in. Okay, everybody know what I'm talking about? Like on the end, and you go from that, it has one little door on the side. And so I left, I come home, it's dark now, and I walk in the house, and everybody's being really nice to me. I mean, my, my family's pretty nice, but a lot of times there's a lot of stuff going on. But I notice everybody's paying attention to dad that just walked in. And they said, and let's like, how was the meeting? I said, okay, it was good. She was home. It was good. I, and she goes, um, sit down. Anybody know what that means? Nobody is just like, oh, Father, can you please sit down? We would love to serve you. No, that's not how it works. And then, hey, go ahead and sit down. And I said, what happened? Just, just sit down. I said, what? Now I'm getting madder, right? What happened? You guys remember this? And I'm like, what went on? Tell me what, what happened. And I look over, and I see Jacob. Like, and I thought, hmm. Um, goes, you know, you know um, how you told them not to get out of the go-kart? Well, they didn't really get it out. I said, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, the babysitter, who shall remain nameless, decided to pull it out, and they hit the gas, and they kind of almost knocked your door off. Right? What are you doing? I'm like raging. I go down. It wasn't the door. It was they broke the two-by-fours on the front that hold the front frame on the whole thing. I am livid, right? And I am looking for my firstborn to go ahead and send him out. Where are you? I'm down here. I'm hammering. Boom. Boom. I, have, I still have a hole in my floor from when I was like, bang. And he's, Dad, that's not the name. I don't care. And I'm hitting it. And I'm like, just, why? And I'm just, yeah, I told you. <laughs> and then in the midst of this, I'm like, give me that. Bam, 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 bam. How many times have I been told you to? And I'm yelling. He's like, and he goes, Dad? I said, what? He goes, I'm sorry. Why'd you have to do that and let me be mad? And by saying he was sorry, and seeing at that moment I was breaking him, and he was a broken person, the father's heart melted. I said, it's all right, as long as you're okay. This can be fixed. Still went in and griped some more. I said, don't ever tell me to sit down again when I walk in, something happens, right? But I forgave him. Why? Because his spirit was broken. And his heart was contrite. And he also was scared. Many of us are broken and scared, me included in this world. And all our daddy wants to do is say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Brokenness comes through a breakthrough. First Peter 5, 5 and 6, and praise team can come up. It says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and he may lift you up in due time. Second thing that you need to do, 
with give him control, give my whole life to God. God responded when Jacob gave him his all. Some of us, especially over the last year, including me, have not given God our all. We've allowed everything else to step in the place of God. We say, hey, I'll do this study. Or I'll look at this church this week, even though I belong to another one. And I'll check out church online later because I'm really tired and it's been a long week. And I'll pray when I really need something, but not just to talk to him. And the problem is we want God's best, but God doesn't give his best to people who don't go all in. Jesus said this, and this verse from Mark chapter 8 says this, calling the who? The crowd to join his disciples. Remember how many, how many, how many disciples did he have? Twelve. There were those twelve that he handpicked. And at this moment, Jesus says to the crowd, and he says, Hey, all you crowds, come join my disciples and follow me. So one place where you see Jesus go to a crowd and say, Everybody come follow me. Most of the time he tells somebody to go home. He gave an opportunity to the entire crowd, and he says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Anybody ever taught your kids how to drive? I'm not the worst one, am I? I'm pretty good. But you got that invisible brake. God is not your co-pilot. He's the one leading You see, there are a lot of Christians, and Jesus doesn't want more Christians. He wants disciples. He wants people who are students. And I'm going to close with this verse here from the great C.S. Lewis. And it's this. I have become my own. I become where I'm supposed to be. I got to Philadelphia. When I did what? Only when I give myself to another. And C.S. Lewis capitalized this because he recognized there is no other. His name is Jesus. And whatever you're wrestling with in this world, whatever you're wrestling with right now, you need to know that the only way you're going to fully become who God wants you to be. The only way you're going to get to where you need to be is when you give your life fully to Him and you wrestle with Him till daybreak. Amen? Let's stand up and let's just pray. Lord God, here we are. Another service winding down. I thank you for the people that have have tuned in today, whether in person or or whether face-to-face. And God, I just believe in the sound of my voice that many of us are broken. That many of us are fighting with our past and we're fighting with our secrets and we're fighting with you. 
But what we fully need, God, is to come to you broken and contrite. And so, God, today, as all those in the sound of my voice are here, I pray that you'll speak to us. That we'll encounter you. That if we're in a place where I just kind of see somebody sitting in a chair that they can just see out the window, and they're seeing some of the snow and some of the stuff, and they're looking out there, and they're thinking about their life and how they got to where they are. And God, I pray that you'll just say, don't worry about what's behind you. Follow me and let me lead you. So, Lord, here we are. Let us worship you one more time in song here today. I recognize that the goodness that exists is your amazing love. We love you, Jesus. And I don't know whether there's people here who can pray with people today and we'll do it social distance and all that stuff, but God, I just pray that you, you, whoever's wrestling today will lay it down and that they'll know they are not those labels that were given to them. They are not the labels that they've told themselves. They're not the labels that their mind continually reminds them, but they are Israel. And they're going to wrestle with you and overcome. In Jesus' mighty name. welcomes me the kindness of mercy that bought with blood wholeheartedly my soul undeserving God you're so
God, you are so good. God, in our brokenness, you are so good. God, in the mountaintop, you're so good. God, in the midst of COVID, you are so good. In the midst of tragedy and loss and sorrow and brokenness and, and pain and suffering, God, you are so good. Because I am blessed. God, we're wrestling, and you just say, shut up. You don't need to know my name. You don't need to know why this is going on. Just let me bless you. I am called. I am healed, and I am whole in Jesus' name. What the labels say to me that I am Jacob, and I am this, and I am that, I am highly favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus' name. God, I give you praise as we leave here this week and that maybe not, maybe many of us, as we've seen today online or as we've been here today, that we may have encountered you, that we might have just started a wrestling match. God, get us still. Change us from Jacob. Change us to Israel. And let us overcome. For we are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb. And everybody says, amen. Be safe. I don't know what it's doing out there because I can't see, but be safe. God bless you all. Love you all. Have a great week and wrestle with God.